Tampa Bay Buccaneers leadership points to one common message, and for some, it doesn't seem to be sinking in. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow along on Twitter. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com on Twitter at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Of course, you can follow the show at Locked On Bucks. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday along with our everydayers. And as always, we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Bucks, we are taking a look at a few of my issues with the coaching and Sunday's loss to the Lions, but we're also going to hand out some flowers to a well-deserving player. But first, let's take a moment to talk about the difference in the leadership of this football team. So following the 20-6 to loss to the Lions on Sunday, plenty of Buccaneers had a chance to speak with the media either at the podium or in the locker room. And starting with Baker Mayfield, you can see the differences in the way some of the players approach the game versus others. Baker Mayfield said, quote, We suck today. I sucked today. We sucked today. It was awful from the get-go. I mean, just can't play like that. We didn't start fast. We didn't pick it up in the middle, and we didn't finish strong. So plain and simple, we have to be better. Chris Godwin said, quote, you know, we just didn't do a great job. We started to get a little bit of steam in the second half, but it's too little too late in that fourth quarter. Our defense played really well in the first half, and we have to do a much better job of giving them some support, putting points on the board, and scoring touchdowns. Kalijah Kansi, the rookie, said, quote, I just think as a whole, we hurt ourselves. There were times where we should have gotten off the field on third down. We have to get better on third down. Tristan Wirfs said, quote, I, I think just a little bit of everything was going wrong. We were shooting ourselves in the foot, and that's the fastest way to kill a drive in this league. I had a false start. Stuff like that. Mental mistakes that we can't have. Finally, Joe Tryon Shoyinka said, quote, we're still the same team. We know what we're capable of. If some of those plays go a different way, it might be a different outcome, but that's football. One of these things is not like the other. Everyone except Joe Tryon Shoyinka put the blame on themselves, on the team as a collective. For Joe Tryon Shoyinka, it was, yeah, but if. And that can't happen. And I'm not trying to pick solely on Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Don't, don't get that impression. This is to point out that the leaders on this team, Baker Mayfield, Chris Godwin, Tristan Wirfs, they're sending a message, but it has to resonate with everyone. You can't 
yeah, but anything after a game like that. There were numerous missed opportunities on both sides of the ball. I said on yesterday's episode, Baker Mayfield had his worst game as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The running game was terrible. Mike Evans had drops. It was bad. The defense couldn't get off the field on third down. Couldn't finish plays when they were getting pressure on Jared Goff. Corners, safeties weren't making plays. It, it, it goes on both sides. But if this team is going to get better, going to get tougher, you have to own that. You have to take it personally and make sure it doesn't happen again. Now, David and I on this show, we can yeah, but and what if all day long because we're looking at the game. We're analyzing things. That's what we do. These players put in a lot of work all week long to prepare for games. They put their bodies at risk every Sunday, but the what ifs and the yeah, buts are not going to help. That's just going to open the door for doing the same things again next time because they almost worked or they should have worked. That mentality isn't going to give you the hunger, the drive to make sure that the, the next time it does work because you made it work, because you changed the approach, you made an adjustment, you, you, you fixed what was wrong when it almost worked. You know, like my granddad used to always say to me when I was growing up, you know, almost only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and thermonuclear devices. Almost, what if, yeah, but, doesn't get you a win the week after this kind of loss. And against a division rival in the Atlanta Falcons, the Bucs have to get a win after this kind of loss. So I'm not, I'm not doing this to pick on Joe Tryon Shoyinka as an individual because I can promise you he's not the only one in that locker room with that mentality of, man, we were, we were close here. We almost had this. We're, you know, we're fine. We're, you know, we're a couple of inches away. Can't have it. You need to figure out why you were a couple of inches away. You need to find out why you were a half second late. You need to figure out what those problems were, address them, own them, fix them, then move on to the next week. That's why they review the film. Todd Bowles said to the media on Monday that after he watched the film again on Monday morning, the team looked sluggish. Nothing changed from his initial assessment of the team. They looked slow. They looked sluggish. They didn't look like they were ready to play. So you got Baker Mayfield, Tristan Wirfs, uh, Chris Godwin, even the rookie Kalaja Kansas saying, this is on us. We need to take this on the chin. We need to fix these things. Joe Tryon, Shoyinka can't go out there and say, yeah, that's football. We were close. No, it, do it doesn't work that way. This isn't a, a participation trophy league. This isn't learn to play. This isn't uh, flag football USA where you know, you're just starting to, oh, we were so close, guys. We're going to get them next week. No, that, that's not how this works. Sit down in the film room. Sit down with your position coaches. Sit down with the other guys in your position group and say, how do we fix this? How do we not let this happen again? How do we not give up 60% of third down conversions? How do we not let them score on two different third and longs? How do we not let them convert third and 15, third and nine, third and 12? Because you can't get away with 
that kind of thing all year long. The defense has to find a way to get on the field. Baker Mayfield has to find a way to get that chemistry and that timing down with Trey Palmer to open up that deep ball that we have seen be so close. But being so close isn't good enough. It's not putting points on the board. It's not extending drives. So I like what I heard out of some of the guys. I don't want the mentality that we we heard out of Joe Tryon Shoyinka to be you know, seeping in. Because that's a way where you go back to the Youngry Bucks uh, back in, what was that, 2011, where they start off red hot and they're talking about how they're one of the best teams in the NFC and then they lose 10 straight games. That's how that happens. So I, I realize Joe Tryon Shoyinka is a young guy. He's still learning. He's still improving. I think he's been having a good season but he needs to take a page out of the leadership books of Baker and Chris and Tristan and say, you know what? This is on us. We have to be better. There's no almost. There's no but yes. There's no what ifs. We have to get it fixed and we have to get it fixed now. But the players are not the only ones uh, affecting these games. And I certainly have a few moments that fall on the coaching staff where they need to be better. That is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? I found myself in numerous situations throughout my life where I needed someone that I could sit down and talk to about what was going on in my life, where I was going, what direction I was heading in, but that was able to give me a perspective that I may not have thought about before or wasn't just telling me what I wanted to hear from friends or family. That's why seeking out a therapist helped me get to where I needed to go. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or if you're like me, order that seafood feast that your children inevitably, inevitably end up taking half of because, well, of course they did. But I got mine on DoorDash and got it all delivered without missing the game. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Get prepared before the game. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash, then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCKED23, that's number two, number three, 
for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view of the day. Football season is here and Locked On is kicking up our coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Hosts Tanitra, Jarvis, and Kyle will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, Get in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. The play calling was the focus of a lot of Bucks fans on social media on Sunday, and there were some comparing Dave Canales to Byron Leftwich, which I don't think is fair but I did see a lot of it. And while overall, I think the Canales has been really good and will continue to get better, I have a few things that I want to discuss regarding him as well as head coach Todd Bowles. So let's start with Dave Canales, right? For those that caught the live episode on YouTube Sunday night or listened on Monday morning, I'm going to go back to my biggest moment of the game from that episode, the fade to Mike Evans on third and one. I said that the Bucs should have been in four down mentality and should have run the ball on that play. The Bucs run game is not good, but I still think it would have been the best decision for the team in the situation. And here's what it boils down to. Rashad White, to that point in the game, had yet to be hit for a loss. He had two runs of no game, but none for a loss. And I've already expressed on that show and on this one that I think in that moment, it's four down territory. So no gain does not bother me in the least. Now, four down territory is on Bowles, not Canales. We'll get to more of that in a minute. But in the game against the Lions, the Buccaneers faced 12 third downs. Five of those were five yards or less, and the Buccaneers threw on every single one of them. The Lions and no other team in the entire NFL, for that matter, thinks that the Buccaneers are ever going to run in that situation, ever, because they don't. The Buccaneers haven't given them a reason to think that they're going to run in that situation. What happened to passing on rushing downs and rushing on passing downs and keeping the defense on their toes? We heard a lot of that leading up to the season. We heard a lot of that through training camp. Uh, If you want to keep them on their toes, you line up and you ram the ball down their throat on third and one. But the Lions knew it was a pass every third down. They knew it was a pass, and they would load the box to bring pressure, not defend the run. And for a guy that came from a system in Seattle that had a legit fullback, the Buccaneers have run two running back sets four times this year. That's it. Five games, four plays of lining up with two backs in the backfield. Use Coquifed as a lead blocker. You literally drafted him because of his ability to block. Bring back Vita Vea at fullback on short yardage and goal line situations. Do something to spark this run game. You have the best rushing team in the NFL in San Francisco, and they use a fullback in Kyle Juszczyk. 
Why are you not adopting this philosophy? You have the worst rushing attack in the league for the second year in a row. Why not give it a try? What do you possibly have to lose? You literally can't get any worse. But the defense doesn't respect the run because you don't do it. And when you do do it, most of the time it doesn't work very well. So something has to change there. But in that third and one situation, as my main example, if you run the ball, chances are you're going to get that yard based on how Rashad White was running up to that point. Even then, if you don't, that's four down territory. And that brings me to Todd Bowles. My biggest complaint with him regarding Sunday was a lack of trust. Again, it goes to that four down territory situation. Maybe they were in four down territory and we don't know because Mike Evans got the offensive pass interference, moved them back to third and 11. They didn't gain anything, had to kick the field goal. We'll never know. But you have that third and one turn into a third and 11. But before that, you had the end of the first half disaster. So on, on first and 10, Baker Mayfield misses Trey Palmer on a touchdown pass. That was that stunk. If Baker connects, this is not a discussion that we're having. Maybe we're talking about a Buccaneers win. You never know what could happen, but probably not. But Baker didn't connect with Palmer. He missed him. So here we are. Second and 10, the Bucs run it in game five. Totally fine with that. Fine with the run in that situation inside the two minutes. But then the Buccaneers allowed 40 seconds to run off the clock while Bowles was sitting on two timeouts. And they nearly get a delay of game on the third and five call. Absolutely inexcusable. I don't know what the play call was. You don't know what the play call was. But Baker was throwing out all kinds of signals. So I don't know if he checked in to that botched screen pass. But David and I were talking about it on Sunday. My gut tells me. His gut tells him. Baker Mayfield checked into that play as the play clock continued to wind all the way down. And David brought up something that Peyton Manning said once about quarterbacks sending signals and calling audibles. The more a quarterback changes things at the snap, the more signals he sends out, the more things he says, the closer to the line of scrimmage that play is about to be. And that's exactly what happened. Todd Bowles has to call a timeout there. And I don't just mean when the play clock was winding down. Call the timeout after the run. Make sure your entire offense is all on the same page for that third down. It could have allowed the Bucs to call a better play, get into a better situation, and end the half with points after getting a first down. But instead, everything looked incredibly chaotic. And then finally, real quick, punting with just under 11 minutes left in the game. Here's the thing. You're conceding the game. When you punt that ball, you're conceding the game. You're saying, I don't trust our offense at all, and we're not going to win. And you know, to that point, the offense really didn't deserve his trust, but give it to them anyway, because punting means that you're throwing in the towel. Going for it, even in your own territory, even knowing that if you don't convert, the Lions are already in field goal range, it at least means that you're going down swinging. The Lions took the punt. They ran 11 plays. They only gained 40 yards and took almost seven minutes off the clock before punting it back. Show some guts. In that situation, down two scores in the fourth quarter, 
you're conceding the game by punting the ball. Go for it. Either way, if if your third down or your fourth down conversion doesn't work, you're losing. But if you punt, you're also losing. Once again, though, it's not all doom and gloom. One player deserves a whole lot of praise while another continues to dominate. That is next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can get yourself some great seats to take your kid to a hockey game coming up, or keep scoping out those perfect seats to see Foo Fighters next year since tickets were gone before you even had a chance to blink. On top of the last-minute deals, Game Time also has flash deals and zone deals with easy-to-find tickets for every kind of event in your area. Plus, you can see the view from your seat that you're looking to buy so you know what to expect when you arrive. And with Game Time's best price guarantee, if you find tickets in the same section in a row for the same event for less, they'll give you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N N F L for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Red. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm going to say one name, two words, one name, Aiden Hutchinson. That is the name that strikes fear into the hearts and minds of every offensive lineman and, and every offensive coordinator in the NFL, except for the Buccaneers. How about this little nugget from Sunday's game? Let's, let's take all the negative from segments one and two, put those in the rearview mirror because it's time to talk about something positive. Aiden Hutchinson, who had recorded at least six pressures in every game this season, had one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to say that again. One against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Luke Gedeke has been absolutely unbelievable this season at right tackle, while his Fellow bookend, Tristan Wirfs, is everything the Bucs and Bucks fans were hoping for and more on the left side. And look, David and I have been extremely critical of Luke Gedeke on this show going back to last year. So it's only right that we give him his due. He wasn't comfortable at guard. He didn't know how to play guard. He couldn't play guard. He was, to be nice, a hot mess. At right tackle, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may legitimately have found their long-term tackle duo unfold right before their eyes. Tristan Wirfs is going to get all the money, like all the money. He's putting up in his first year of being a left tackle, he is putting up Trent Williams-level numbers in terms of pass protection. He has been phenomenal. But every bit as good on the right side has been Luke Gedeke. He is so consistent and so solid on that right side. Now, it's, it's starting to feel like it doesn't matter who the Bucs are going against. 
Last year, it was you see who the opponent is. You immediately look at who's going to be lining up on the other side of Donovan Smith. And I don't want to pour on Donovan Smith. I was a Donovan Smith defender because I thought a lot of the criticism that he got was over the top and, and he got criticism when he didn't deserve it. But there's no question that last year, the, the 2022 season, Donovan Smith was atrocious. There's no question that there were moments throughout his, his tenure with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that he made terrible plays and he was a turnstile at times. But now you take a look at who the Bucs are playing and you know the left side is a wall. And now Gedeke looks like he's going to eat the lunch of whoever is in front of him. Cam Jordan, Aiden Hutchinson, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, doesn't matter. Does not matter. Now, we're going to see if this keeps up against the likes of Vaughn Miller. You got Nick Bosa coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. And, I mean, just coming up in, in this coming weekend, Bud Debris, uh, Calais Campbell. I, I think Buccaneers fans should be really, really happy and really excited about the way that the ends of this offensive line are coming together and play. They should be really excited and very pleasantly surprised at how quickly Luke Gedeke got comfortable. And again, you're going back to his natural position. The Bucs moved him from right tackle in college to right guard. They viewed him as more of an interior offensive lineman, and very clearly that didn't work because you know they moved him inside because he's a little bit undersized for an NFL tackle, but he's getting the job done. He is a really, really good tackle. I, I can't say that enough. Now, you hope that the interior of the offensive line starts to come together and improve as the season progresses, the way we've seen Luke Gedeke on the right side and then Tristan Wirfs adapting to the left side. Robert Hainsey still struggling. He is not playing up to the same level that he did last year. Cody Malk, you see the improvements there, but it's still uh, there's still that learning curve. There's still that process of getting acclimated to the, the speed and, and the differences in the NFL game versus you know a lower-end college that, that he went to. Matt Filer's been fine. I really think Filer is overall, he's been solid this year. So you're looking at Hainsey to continue to improve. You're looking to Malk to continue to improve as a rookie. But I just, I don't have an answer for how the offensive line, even with Hainsey's struggles, even with Malk's struggles, how they can be so good in pass protection and not be able to help out the run game. and. Don't get me wrong, there have been times that they've opened lanes and Rashad White hasn't seen them. Sean Tucker, Keyshawn Vaughn haven't seen those lanes. But you would think that they would be a little bit better and a little bit more consistent in opening up those lanes, considering how really solid overall they've been in pass protection. But I wanted to take the opportunity to bring up that interesting stat that I saw about Aiden Hutchinson because Aiden Hutchinson has been a game wrecker all year long. I talked about him all week. Leading up to that Lions game, and for Luke Gedeke to have that kind of performance, um, it, it's fantastic. So hat tip to Luke Gedeke for how solid he has been all year long, and we'll hopefully see that continue going into the Falcons game 
where uh, he'll be going up against Bud Dupree and Calais Campbell. But that is going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bucks. Make sure you are coming back tomorrow. I'm finally going to be reunited with Evan Klosky. We're going to have a WTSP Wednesday coming up. The race playoffs are done. His lightning opening day obligation is done. Now we can get Evan back on the show. We can get his takeaways from this game against the Detroit Lions, and we're going to turn the page and take a look at the Atlanta Falcons in a big divisional matchup. You could say this is a must win for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but all that is coming up tomorrow on a WTSP Wednesday. Make sure you are following everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks and at JRCO underscore Bucks. Check out my work over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks all day, every day, Monday through Friday. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. I want to thank you for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 